Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. You can find more relationship insights at focusonthefamily.com slash marriage podcast. Hey, if you are going through a hard season or you know someone who's really struggling in their marriage, I'm so glad you joined us. Even when it seems dark and hopeless, we want to encourage you. God is still with you. He still cares. I'm John Fuller. I'm here with my friend and colleague, Dr. Greg Smalley. And Greg, many marriages today, um, I think, feel like they're running on fumes. They're empty. They are ready to give up. What do you say to that couple? Don't give up. There really is such amazing help out there that be courageous enough, and, and John, I actually humble enough to reach out to a counselor and say, we're, we're really, really hurting. I'm not sure what to do here. Can you help us? Because a, a good licensed Christian counselor will know what's at the root, not, not just little tips to, you know, you might find in a book or, or at a marriage event, but they're really going to dig in and go, here's the barriers that mm-hmm. you guys need to overcome and can help you get there. Yeah. Well, we're concluding a conversation today that uh, Focus President Jim Daly had with Ann White, and she made up an acrostic called Courage about the principles she's learned that really saved her marriage. And in a previous episode, she mentioned that C stands for Commit to Change, O is for Overcome Obstacles, and U, Uncover Your True Self. Let's go ahead and hear the rest. Let's talk about R. We're not going to have time for A and G, but I want to cover R and E in courage. (laughs) So let's hit R, which is replace worldly lies with scriptural truth. Mm -hmm. This is it. It's a biggie. And (laughs) and I go through a worksheet in in my book and in the workbook that you really break down those lies. I had about 16 lies I believed about myself. Um, Wow. Lies that... I needed to prove myself to others to be valuable, things like that, that the world would tell us that we need. Hmm. And yet God says, you're valuable. I love you unconditionally and you're valuable. So I had to replace the worldly lies that I'd learned for many, many years Hmm. and replace them with God's word that was healing and gave me courage. And that requires spending time in the scripture on a regular basis. Every day, you know, um, there's statistics out that tell us if we're in God's word four or more Mm -hmm. times a week, that it changes our behavior and it gives us courage. I mean, Mm -hmm. John, Jim, y'all realize that, but I found that to be Mm -hmm. so true. The more I imparted God's word into my life, the healthier spiritually I became. Well, again, that's one of the great secrets to marriage. You know, people that pray together regularly, not every day, but regularly, and read the Word together, the divorce rate there is extremely low, single digits. That's correct. And uh, that's the silver bullet if you really want to hear that. Um, Again, Anne, uh, A in the acrostic courage is accept the things we cannot change. Uh, People can read that in the book. G is grasp God's love for us. That's a big one as well. None of these are weak, but let's get to E, which is embrace a life of grace. Uh, This is probably one of the most difficult things for us as human beings to accept, that God's love for us is unconditional. It's not about our performance because we are saturated in performance from the time we're born about, uh, you know, if, if we act this way or behave this way, we get these rewards. Why do we need as Christians to say, no, no, God's grace is what it's about? We have to embrace it. And that's what I talk about in that chapter. You know, the definition of grace is unmerited favor, undeserved. God's given us his grace. It's already there. 
But the result of grace is empowerment. And so if we embrace it, God gives us the power to do what he's calling us to do. And I not only had to have grace for myself, and that was actually hard for me, you know, going through some things I went through in my childhood, things that I did in my teenage years that I'm not proud of, um, I carried shame along with me for many, many, many years. And as I did, Satan just continued to undermine uh, my confidence, um, my ability to be transparent and vulnerable, um, and to deal with the hurt and pain and that shame. I just kept on piling on. I said, I didn't deserve grace. Uh-huh. And I don't, but I had to embrace it anyway. And I had to say, you know what? God's wiped all that away. And so I had to embrace it for myself. But then you have to take it a step further. And you've got to give that same grace to your spouse or other people in your family. You may not need courage for a marriage. You may need courage. Your listeners may need courage for something else. Yeah. But grace is that important component that we need to receive for ourselves and embrace it. But we also have to embrace it and give it to others. You know, and there's no scientific proof of this. But when you look at grace and how you embrace grace in your own life mm-hmm. and then how you project it to those around you, I think there's an equation there mm-hmm. of equilibrium. In other words, as much as you receive for yourself is what you're going to give to others. And if you're in that spot where you're not a grace-filled person, that you are a judgmental person with everyone around you, my guess will be you're also that way with yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's part of your dilemma. Very well said. And you've got to move into that, what I love, your embrace of God's grace. That is the secret. And it's not a secret. We just Mm got to believe it. Mm -hmm. And I want you to pray for folks and their marriages in just a minute. But I got to ask you this, and we're going to wrap up here. But um, with you and Mike now, a a few years beyond this revelation and the embrace of something different, uh, do you still have those disagreements? Is it better? How do you two battle through each other's desires and wants and disagreements today? Well, a lot has changed, but there is no perfect relationship. There, there will never be a perfect marriage because we're both human. Mm-hmm. But we are, we are more equipped now to handle our disagreements with love, truth and love. We sit down. Uh, we pray about them. And yet we have that grace for one another. We communicate care. We've learned communication skills that I've talked about in the book that are critical to being able to have those healthy conversations and healthy disagreements that they're then resolved and we can move on. And not all of them are necessarily resolved. I do talk about that. We're not always going to agree on everything. And that's okay. But we can respect one another, yeah. love one another, pray for one another, and be healed like God's Word tells us. Well, I do. love that. And your book, Courage for Life, is a great resource and tool to help couples. And let me have you pray for those marriages yes. that are struggling. Can we do it? We absolutely can do it. It would be an honor. Father, thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to um, to speak through you today, Father. And God, I just pray for marriages out there that are in the place where um, I've been. And God, my heart goes out to each and every um, person that's listening today that's struggling and suffering and needs to come forward, God, and just uh, receive your healing and hope and encouragement, Lord. So, Father God, I just pray your holy protection around those marriages. Give them hope and give them encouragement and give them wisdom and discernment, Father, and to do and to take that first step in courage, to take that step and commit to making a change and commit to getting the help that they need, Lord. God, just bring people into their life that can help them on their journey to restoring and healing their marriage. 
Father, we ask these things in your holy and precious name, and we give you all the glory in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. It really is wonderful to hear how God worked, how he healed a marriage for Ann and Mike. And Greg, you and Aaron are very open about how God really restored your relationship after a really tough season early on. Would you share just a little bit about that? It was it was a really hard season. We just really didn't know how to work through our differences that created conflict. And we so poorly handled our conflict that nothing was getting resolved. But what I didn't understand that was happening, that was the the, the killer blow, was that because of our mishandled conflict, that, that our hearts began to really close and, and began to harden towards each other. What did that mean? What did that look like? Yeah, you know, we, we got to a place to where it was almost like both of us were sort of felt indifferent, like whatever. Like, mm. I, don't, I don't care. Like, this isn't working. Nothing's going to get better. And it, it was the apathy had set in. Mm. And for a lot of couples, when they reach that place, that, that that's a dangerous place. I know when couples come into my office, I like that they're fighting. I like the passion that shows that their hearts are open. Yeah. They have no clue of how to work through their differences. It's the couple that scares me is when they show up going, whatever. So I'm what done. happened to you? How did you and Aaron push through that? You know, thankfully, we had a mentor couple who recognized where we were at, who stepped in, and they really confronted us. In, in said, Not just you, but Aaron as well. Yeah, like brought us over to their house and said, okay, we're looking at you guys and you're not doing well. Hmm. As a matter of fact, you guys look really, really super shut down. It looks like your hearts are hardened towards each other. And I never heard that phrase. I mean, when they said it, I went, that's exactly right. Hmm. And they said, this is really, really dangerous, you guys. And I, so we started meeting with them. We started meeting with a counselor. But it was really cool, John. The, the, the guy, as he and I met, he, he took me to a verse in Joel 2.13 that says, Rend your hearts, not your garments. So it's return to the Lord, your God, for he is gracious, compassionate, slow to anger, and abounding in love. Mm. And, and so this, this mentor said, Okay, God, God wants your hearts open to each other, but, but Greg, your wife feels so unsafe with you. And what I want you to do is I want you to tape this verse to your bathroom mirror and I want, you're going to memorize it and you're going to walk through those four words of who God is because God does things that creates safety so that we can open our hearts Mm -hmm. to him. And, And so honestly, John, that's all I did for a long time is this, I kept looking at those four words, grace compassion, patience, lifelong commitment, and just focused on those things to really start to create safety in my marriage, which ultimately is we got the right kinds of help that really made such a big difference. So if you find yourself in a really tough place, just start there. Open up Joel 2 verses 13 and 14, and just, just really read through and look at those four words. What, what is grace going to look like? in my marriage, how could I show up with compassion? Even though I feel wronged, yeah. how, how, what does compassion look like? What, how can I be more patient in this process? 
And, and how do I continue to affirm that I am here for the long run? I will do whatever it takes to figure this out, that lifelong commitment. And John, John what that did is it just it gave me four things to focus on. Mm-hmm. Now, now, what he did, and I didn't realize at the time, it's very clever. He's very sneaky. This ma- marriage mentor of yours. Pick yeah. them carefully. Yeah, because <laughs> when we were talking about my marriage, I always wanted to talk about Aaron and what she was doing wrong. And by having me go to the verse and think about what I could be doing with these four words and how to to make those a part of how I function and show up, see, that that put the focus on me. Mm-hmm. And that was such an important transition mm-hmm. to stop thinking about her and to focus on me and what I can do. Yeah. But there it is. I mean, if it's good enough for God, it's probably something I need to really learn how to do. And I think the softball question to land with here is, are you glad that you all stuck it out? Oh, I couldn't imagine life without Aaron mm-hmm. and, and just the, the joy that I experienced through our marriage and the, the, the hard times that we still face and the frustrations that we go through. And there's times I'm so annoyed by her and, and, and all the fun that we have in the fact that, that we're together and can enjoy our four children and, and now almost 28 years of marriage, I wouldn't trade or anything mm-hmm. in the world. That, that pain and that suffering That was so worth it. Hmm. Well, I trust that you really are able to hear the hope, both in Anne's powerful story and that acrostic courage, and in Greg's uh, story, uh, the way God worked in his relationship with Aaron. We want to offer hope to you, and uh, we'll do that when you get in touch. Uh, Send us a note. Call us. Uh, We've got the details in the show notes. We're going to link over to the book by Anne White called Courage for Life, We've got details about our Hope Restored Marriage Intensives, which are helping hundreds of couples every year to avoid divorce, to stay together, to see healing at God's hand in their marriage. Uh, We have a lot of other resources as well. Uh, Finally, leave a review, if you can, on iTunes or wherever you listen, and let others know about the light uh, that we're trying to share here. I'm John Fuller, and on behalf of Dr. Greg Smalley and the team, thanks for joining us for the Focus on the Family Marriage podcast.